Welcome to the second episode of Culture Conversations, the Columbia Chronicles culture podcast where we talk about happenings in the past couple of weeks. I'm Miranda Manier, a multimedia reporter. I'm your host, and I am here today with Micah Thurston. I'm the advertising manager of the Chronicle. And I'm Mike Rundle. I am a staff photographer. All right. So we are each bringing a hot topic here to talk about our thoughts and feelings on it. Um, I'll go ahead and go first. What I have today is, um, I don't know if anybody knows about the Louis C.K. incident, but uh, basically um, a couple weeks ago, Louis C.K. came to a comedy club in New York um, and was greeted with a standing ovation. There was a lot of positive reaction in the club, and um, people felt really, really strongly about that. They they reacted negatively to him trying to make a comeback in his career after all of the uh, sexual abuse allegations that came out against him last year. Um, so this week, uh, Norm MacDonald, who is a comedian, he was on SNL for a time a couple decades ago, he used to host Weekend Update. Um, he was on The View earlier this week, and he said, and I am quoting him here, um, I'm happy the Me Too movement has slowed down a little bit. It used to be 100 women can't be lying, and then it became one woman can't lie, and that became I believe all women. And then you're like, what? Like that Chris Hardwick guy I really thought got the blunt end of the stick there. Um, he continued on to say, well, Louis C.K. and Roseanne Barr are the two people I know. And Roseanne was so broken up after her show's reboot was canceled that I got Louis to call her, even though Roseanne was very hard on Louis before that. She was just so broken and just crying constantly. There are very few people that have gone through what they have, losing everything in a day. Of course, people will go, what about the victims? But you know what? The victims didn't have to go through that. Um, Yikes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yikes. Right? Mm-hmm. So, I I mean, I feel really strongly about everything he said. I, I think that the way that he is comparing the pain of people who are getting backlash for they're being held accountable for their actions, basically. Mm-hmm. I mean, these uh, Louis C.K. in particular and Roseanne Barr, honestly, both of them did what people said that they did. No mm-hmm. one was making anything up. Louis C.K. owned up to all the allegations against him. And you can't dispute what Roseanne Barr did because it was on Twitter. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and for anyone who doesn't know, Roseanne Barr uh, compared uh, Valerie Jarrett, who was a top advisor to Obama, to an ape. Um, so it was just a very blatantly racist thing to do. So... I, I guess my problem with what Norm Macdonald is trying to do, trying to say that we need to be kinder to people who have done these terrible things and trying to say that Louis still deserves a career in some way, I mean, I I just disagree with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that in particular, when they're given a level of fame or a platform like Louis would be given if he was able to make a comeback, quote-unquote, um, that's just giving them an opportunity to abuse their power again. And I, I don't think that's okay, personally. Mm-hmm. How do you yeah. guys feel? Um, well, I can't really pick what's the most shocking part about what he said. I don't know if it's the fact that he said that the real victims are the perpetrators and the abusers. I don't know if it's the fact that he can't believe that society believes women. I don't know. I just don't know which one is more offensive, which one's more outrageous. Um, but I mean... For me, I do believe women when they come forward saying that they have been sexually assaulted. There's no reason to lie. I mean, obviously, we've had uh, false allegations in the past, but it's very, very uncommon. And I don't think that people consider that. Um, For some reason, despite the fact that the the statistics have shown that a lot of 
I mean, not a lot of uh, sexual assault claims are false. I don't know how there's this myth and this stigma that people are making it up. Um, In fact, (laughs) according to RAIN, two N's, um, an anti-sexual violence organization, um, of all of the rape cases, about 2% are proven false, which if you have a 1,000, that means that 20 of them were false. So clearly that's a pretty small number. So I don't think it's outrageous at all to say that we believe women. Of course, I think that, you know, we should have trials and we, we have a, um, a judicial system for a reason. We want to make sure that people are proven guilty. But I don't think there's anything wrong with supporting the people that, um, that come forward because it's clearly a very hard thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. Mike? Yeah. I mean, I think it's been so long in the making like it's it's clear that things like sexual assault have been happening for so long um i think it's time that men are held accountable for their actions to the fullest extent that they can be held accountable um and i think it's men need to know that it's what they're doing is not okay and that you can and should hopefully will be punished for said actions and um and it's something that I, I that I saw recently um, in the news was at CBS. Um, Les Moonves, um, he was quote ousted for his assault allegations from numerous women. And um, I saw an article via I think it was NBC the other day that basically said that he's not ousted. He's still working for the company as a consultant. And, um, so basically instead of being chief executive now, he is just kind of, he just moved offices basically. He's still working in the company. And then on top of that, if he gets fired at the end of this investigation, he'll get $120 million in severance package. So, I mean, it's, I mean, granted that that is about half of what a normal severance package would have been. And CBS has said that they would donate some of that to the Me Too movement, but like, in the scheme of things, it's kind of just setting the wrong precedent, I think, especially for somebody like, I, I mean, that has received or been out, accused of sexual assault by m- multiple women. And then, I mean, it's just like covering somebody that was in a powerful position. I don't know. I mean, that's how I look at it, at least. Like $120 million is enough to live in luxury for the rest of your life and you're getting that money not having to work anymore just because you sexually assaulted somebody and that doesn't seem right to me. No. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think my main issue with that is, like, to bring it back to Norm Macdonald, people aren't facing consequences for their actions. Mm-hmm. Like, even now, like, Louis is still fine financially. Like, Roseanne Barr is still fine financially. Mm-hmm. Like, neither of them were taken to court for what they did. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. even if he's saying that what they're facing is worse than what the victims are facing, what they're facing isn't really anything. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's not It's not comparable in any sense. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So I just think it's silly for us to try and say that, I don't know, that they're facing some horrible backlash when, like, actually, like you're saying... That doesn't actually really happen. They still are pretty fine, and they're actually not getting consequences in terms of like the right. right. backlash and a hundred and twenty million dollar check to go along right. with it. So <laughs> it's yeah. really interesting. I never really thought about that aspect. I mean, obviously, I've always thought like 
with privileged people like celebrities and stuff like that, when things happen like this, they don't go to jail. You know, like mm-hmm. you think when things like this come out, I'm like, oh, their career is over. But it's never like, oh, they're going to go to jail. Right. Yeah. It, yeah. I mean, that's never happened before. Yeah. I don't yeah. think. It's the same thing with a lot of like white collar crimes. Yeah. You know, yeah. no one ever actually serves jail time. They're still going. So. If they do, they're going to like the cushiest. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. Well, um, that's all we have for that topic. Michael, what do you have for us today? Um, basically, something that's been in the news uh, for the past week and a half about um, is the huge debacle over Serena Williams and Naomi Osaka, their huge match, and um, Serena Williams lost. Uh, I believe Naomi Osaka was the first, she was credited with being the first Japanese woman to. Um, win at the u.s women's open finals it's a really long title i know <laughs> i don't know anything about tennis so i'm not really here to talk about what like whether or not serena deserved to win sure. or anything like that basically when i what i have an issue with is kind of the way that people have been reacting to it mm-hmm. um with how serena She broke her racket. She got in a heated argument with the ref about calling him a thief. Uh Um, It's been a big thing of was it sexist, was it racist, etc., etc. My specific thing is the Herald Sun. They're an Australian newspaper. According to BBC News, they're the most read newspaper in Australia. Wow. That's bad news for this situation. Um, one of their cartoonists, Mark Knight, he's known as Knight Cartoons on Twitter, posted, and it also went in their paper, a cartoon of Serena Williams on the field. Um, her racket is smashed on the ground, and she's jumping up and down. There's also a baby pacifier next to her racket, you know, communicating that she was being a baby and that she was being overdramatic. But also in the background, you have the ref saying to a, to her opponent, um, can't you just let her win? Um, and then also they've been facing backlash because of the character, the way that they depicted Serena, in my opinion, and the opinions of many others, was very racist. Not only did they, I mean, I understand that characters, caricatures are supposed to have like exaggerated like facial features when it comes to like big ears and like big eyes and stuff like that. But historically, when you draw a black person with very large lips, it goes back to the stereotype of, you know, black people like saying that we look like monkeys and apes. Um, And honestly, when I saw it, I got a little teary eyed because it just really hurt me to know that one of the the best tennis player in the world was being compared to a baby and being for expressing her feelings and her emotions, um, and also being portrayed as like this, like archaic, savage-looking yeah. monkey, I guess. Um, and the Herald Sun has come forward saying, "Oh, it's not racist. We didn't mean it to be about race." But it's kind of hard for them to argue that when in fact in the background of the photo like I said earlier it showed her opponent Naomi Osaka a Japanese Haitian woman they drew her her as a white woman with blonde hair wow so oh my gosh (laughs) so if they hadn't made it about race 
Why did they make sure to make her Japanese Haitian opponent a skinny white woman? That is strong. Because mean? they wanted to make her look frail and meek. Yeah. Because yeah. they wanted to play on like that white woman mm-hmm. idea of a like genteel man. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. And the the whole situation to start with, just like in terms of the tennis match, mm-hmm. like it was a little bit ridiculous because like the whole situation probably never would have happened. She wouldn't have been penalized if she was white, and she definitely wouldn't have been penalized if she was male. Uh, and that comes from like like multiple male tennis stars on Twitter too, saying like I have said far worse than this to referees and have not had any response. And I saw something that was talking about the track re- record of this particular referee and saying that he had mm. primarily only repped for like men's tennis before. And he does not have a track record of being this harsh. Hmm. And yet, all of a sudden, when he's refing for the U.S. Women's Open, he's incredibly harsh. Like, that just doesn't Mm -hmm. track for me. It really felt like he was penalizing her Mm -hmm. for being emotional. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, I think the biggest issue with for me was finding out that this is the most read newspaper in Australia. Clearly, they have a huge following, whether you know whether or not it's a Republican following or a Democratic following, liberal, whatever. It doesn't matter. What matters is that to their viewers and to their editors, this was okay. And um, in the article that I read about it, it's very long. It's a BBC <laughs> News article. They stated that Caricatures like this are very common in Australian newspapers. Um, not just the caricature style, but um, there's a tra- apparently in the article it says there's a tradition in many Australian cartoons to exaggerate physical characteristics of minority groups, including indigenous Australians, to trigger a reaction such as humor. So, I don't know. Just to me, I feel like they knew exactly what they were doing. Um, and, um, like I said earlier, regardless of political correctness, I think that if you are a huge media outlet and people rely on you to influence their ideas and influence their opinions, if this is the type of stuff that you're putting out, that's extremely irresponsible to portray black people in that light when Australia has been known for... Um, having racist tendency, tendencies in the mm-hmm. past with the way that they treat their indigenous yeah. Australians. So it just, the whole issue is just crazy to me. It is. Mm-hmm. I, and uh, I think that, like, I was, I, I'm not sure if it was one of the articles you sent to us, Micah, or um, just one that I was finding while I was Googling, but mm-hmm. I saw something that was saying, like, are we allowed to be satirical anymore? Mm-hmm. And that is so absurd to me, to say that saying that you're not allowed to be racist and you're not allowed to punch down, which is what this is doing. I mean, good comedy punches mm-hmm. up, and punching down at someone who went through what Serena went through is bad comedy. So, yeah, mm-hmm. we can be satirical, but we can't be satirical when it's against someone who has already been Put down and lay low. Like, I, I just think yeah. that that's really disgusting. And mm. like you said, irresponsible. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, as content creators and media people, it's our responsibility to be educated about what we're publishing and what we're creating. Yeah. And I think this, the fact that this cartoon and Micah, you had mentioned the, that their team of editors obviously saw this mm. and it went through their entire editing process. And for them to not have flagged this at some point along the way 
I think it's a sign of an irresponsible and it's a sign of an uneducated newsroom, yeah. quite honestly. Yeah. yeah, and I think we can speak as a newsroom, the Sunday Chronicle would never do anything like that. <laughs> exactly, yeah. It shocked me that a student newspaper would be more responsible than right. exactly. something like that. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Yeah. Mike, what do you want? Sure. So um, we are going to look at uh, some of the... Here, hold on. I'm going to recut that. Sorry. Yeah, you're fine. <laughs> um, okay. Um, do you want to lead that in again for me? Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that with us, Micah. Mike, what do you have there? So one thing that I want to talk about today was um, Kanye West of the numerous things that he has been in the news for recently. One thing that was not necessarily pointed out um, was the fact that he took the, the photo that was used for his album cover of his Yay album release this past June. Um, he took the photo himself. And as a photographer and as content creators, all of us advertising, marketing, um, I'm, I'm interested in what everyone's opinions are as far as what that means for the future of album art what that means for the future of photography in the music industry and then going off of that the he had been in the news for the controversial comments politically um socially pretty much kanye's often in the news for various reasons that are often questionable um and something that i would be interested in exploring is did that the, the fact that he was in the news for these negative things impact his relationship with creative teams and is that going to be something that artists are going to have to look out for now because the art world art world is a, a historically liberal world and if you have artists that are out there speaking against a lot of the beliefs that your top creators have what are these creative teams going to respond? Are they going to respond and just say, I'm not working with you anymore? And so this, it's kind of a lot to unpack, but um, I'm just wondering what, what everyone's thoughts are as far as uh, media and content creators, as far as this whole situation. Yeah. I mean, I think my first reaction is that like, you can only, it's kind of a double-edged sword, right? Because if you're a content creator just starting out, if you can take your album art picture with just your phone, that's great. That lowers the barrier of entry. But on the other hand, like, as you're trying to climb the rope, like, you, you're going to need better album art to make better sales, so you have to be able to hire people. And then once you reach a certain level of privilege, you can just take it on your phone again. Like, it's just, it's interesting to me that it's kind of like, you can do it when you start out, and you can do it when you get to the level of Kanye West, but, like, in between, you can't really. Mm -hmm. um, that's really just my initial reaction. And then um, to your second point, I mean, I, I think that there is a level of privilege, again, in being able to decide who you do and don't work with based on your morals and your political leanings. Because, um, I mean, if you get the opportunity to do something on Kanye West's creative team, it probably pays a lot, probably really good exposure. But if you strongly disagree with, like, his positions, I mean, I think that must be really hard if someone it tries to make that decision based on, like, what it could do for them, but also, like, who they are as a person. Mm -hmm. I don't know. What do you think, Micah? Um, I think what this kind of reminds me of is um, I was talking to a graphic designer a while ago, but um, 
Basically, what he said, I mean, not about this specifically, not about Kanye West and his <laughs> cover art, but we were talking about like content creators and how there's like this shift of people doing it themselves, mm-hmm. despite the fact that they have no like <laughs> yeah. um basically since we have iphones and like everyone has like a camera nowadays everyone thinks that they're a photographer yeah uh we have things like PicMonkey and canva canvas canva canva, canva. yeah mm-hmm. so everyone thinks that they're a graphic designer and i guess what that says to me is that um maybe we're not seeing the value in content creators anymore yeah um what that says to me is that we just want to do it ourselves i mean and that's really weird to me that obviously it's not a money issue for kanye (laughs) (laughs) i know that in the article um this my talk 107.1 article that i'm looking at here it kind of says how he didn't really know what to do for his um album cover so he kind of just did it last minute um, so I'm not really sure what exactly his thought process was. Mm. I don't know why he didn't hire a photographer. Maybe the vis- vision just wasn't there. Um, I pers- I had known nothing about photography, but I thought the cover photo was cool. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, I mean, it's not to say like, I mean, you could take a photo. I mean, it's not to say that like something that an artist makes themselves won't be cool. Yeah. I don't know. I just think in terms of like the the relationship between artists and content creators and someone with um a, a a big platform that they can use um in their what their what their social positions are and how it could affect the work or the like the future work of the content creators that they were to partner with yeah i don't know i th- i think it could be an make for an interesting future and i mean one big question is that like if someone like Kanye West approached you and I know Miranda kind of touched on this like if they approached you and they did not align with whatever belief you had but it was somebody like Kanye West that could perhaps launch you into another world of of clients would you move forward with that project or would you say no just kind of on a matter of principle yeah it's tough I mean when I was younger I always thought like selling out was such a like (laughs) thing to talk about but now I'm like you know that is sort of selling out and like I would hope that I wouldn't do it but also if it was a really good opportunity I don't know Mm -hmm. you know like it's I honestly have no idea that's a tough position to be put in yeah it's I don't know it's I think it's uh, like it's on a case to case basis because like with someone like Kanye West like with his recent controversies in the news and stuff like that I am rocky about how I feel about him as a person but as an artist I have great respect for Kanye West I think he's an incredible musician rapper musician (laughs) I think I know he calls himself a genius all the time that's so annoying but he kind of is a genius (laughs) he's really really good so I don't if it was Kanye West I don't think I would pass up the opportunity regardless of what I think about his um political affiliation but if it's the australian harold's son i would for sure yeah yeah absolutely absolutely not no yeah like i said it's case to case yeah exactly yeah that's a great point Mm. all right well thank you both so much for your thoughts and opinions and ideas 
Um, again, this was the Culture Conversations with the Columbia Chronicle. It's made possible with the collaboration of the staff at Columbia Chronicle and WCRX-FM, Chicago's Underground, under the leadership of the chair of the Communication Department of Columbia College Chicago, Suzanne McBride. Thank you so much for listening. We will back, be back in... Excuse me. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back in two weeks. Tune in again to Culture Conversations. Have a great day.